today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Don't put your trust in riches because they're going to fly away like the partridge who's sitting on those eggs. And when they hatch, the partridge realizes, wait a minute, they're not my eggs. I don't belong here. I'm out of here. And that's what happens to those who put their trust in riches. Ill-gotten gain. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Jeremiah. In today's word from Pastor J.D., he wants you to know about the significance of steering clear of worldly gain. The treasures you amass here on earth are fleeting, whereas the treasures stored up in heaven are everlasting. Reshape your perspective on wealth and stuff your bank account with God's currency, grace. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. I heard a story many years ago, true story, about a farmer, man of God, trusted the Lord. (laughs) In farming, you kind of have to. Oh, Lord, we talked about that. But he just, he honored the Lord with his produce, the first fruits of his wealth and increase. He always honored the Lord. He always trusted the Lord. He was a man of God, trusted God. Well, there came this storm and tornado, and it ripped through all of these farmlands, until it got to his property line. And it went up and over, and back down. That's this. That's this. Oh, wait, no, no. You're trusting in me, and I'm never going to let you down. I will never fail you. Oh, we sing it, we say it, we memorize it, we quote it. The Lord never fails. His love never fails. But do we really believe it? I know this is a proper sentence structure, but he can't not come through. Oh, here's J.D. He's trusting me. I can't let him down. It's not that I won't let him down. It's impossible. I cannot. He's putting his trust in me. He will not be let down. I will not fail him. I cannot fail him. I'm going to provide for him. I'm going to protect him. He's trusting in me. And yes, (laughs) famine, drought, plague, pestilence, you fill in the blank all around, but not for the one who trusts in the Lord. Here's this plant, dead, nothing there, parched, barren, compared to this tree. And oh, interesting, the imagery, and it's not just Psalm 1 and here, it's other places in Scripture as well. Get the picture in your 
mind's eye, use your God-given imagination and paint this picture on the canvas of your mind. You got a tree and the roots are down deep and they got the water source. So it doesn't matter what's happening because of the roots down deep and the water that supplies that tree. That's the man who trusts in the Lord. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Uh, do you get the impression, by the way, that Judah was trusting in man and not the Lord? Well, it gets worse. Verse 9, this very well-known verse, and we need to talk about this. The heart, remember the heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. The heart, you ready? You know it, is deceitful. You lie, you lie above all things. There's actually three things. That's the first one. And it's all downhill from here. So not only is the heart deceitful above all things, it's desperately wicked. Now let me uh, fill in a blank here, because this carries with it the idea of being incurable, terminally ill, <laughs> desperately wicked. It's, it's incurable. So not only is it deceitful, your heart, it's incurable. And to add insult to injury, who can know it? In other words, you don't even know it. You, your heart is deceiving you, lying to you, and you're believing your own lies. You know who the biggest liar is in your life? You! Yeah. Every time you look at yourself in the mirror, which I try not to do, you're looking at the biggest liar you know, because your heart is deceitful above all things. Just to grasp just how deceitful the heart is. It is so deceitful that your heart, if you're trusting in your heart, say, well, hey, I'm not trusting in man. Oh, are you trusting in your own heart? Oh, how, how, do, how, how do we say it? Be true to your heart. No! Follow your heart. Don't! It's deceiving you. It's, it's leading you down the wrong path. To have a deceitful heart is a heart that deceives you and lies to you, and you believe it. You've been deceived, self-deceived. Well, what does that look like, or what does that sound like? Well, I'll just again use my own, myself as an example. I'll, I'll take one for the team again. <laughs> Here's what that looks like in my life. My heart will say something to me like, you know, it's all good. You lie. It's not good. It's really bad. No, you're, you're, you're pretty good. No, you're not. It's a lie. Don't believe it. Don't be deceived by it, because your, your heart is deceiving you, telling you lies. Tell me lies, tell me, yeah, I don't want to do that. Whew. That's a flashback. Okay, I'm back. Sorry about that. No, your heart will lie to you. 
and tell you what you want to hear. And we fully cooperate when our heart does that. Here's our heart deceiving us, lying to us, and we're like, yeah, yeah, that sounds, sounds right. Sounds right. No! Let's talk about being terminally ill. It's incurable until the Holy Spirit indwells you and regenerates you from the inside out and changes your heart. That's the only hope. That's the only cure. He gives you a new heart. And oh, by the way, as we started out, I don't want to take too much time on this, but their sin had been indelibly and permanently etched on the tablets of their heart. Where have you heard that before? The law of the Lord, the Word of God, indelibly and permanently etched and engraved on the tablets of our heart. That's how He changes our heart. So, <laughs> you trusting in man, or you're trusting in your own heart? And lastly, this, this third one, and we haven't got to verse 10 yet, we'll get there. Who can know it? That's a, that's a question mark, by the way. You notice that? You see that question mark there? Question, who can know it? Uh, answer, verse 10, I, the Lord, I know the heart. I see the heart. Man only looks at the outward appearance, but I, I know your heart. I'm trying to tell you about your heart, because you don't know your heart. Who, who, who but me can know your heart? I, verse 10, the Lord, search the heart. And then he says this, wow, I test the mind. I hate tests. I just had to take one recently. I did pretty well by the grace of God, but I don't like tests. Well, he tests the mind, searches the heart, tests the mind even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Okay, so now, lest you start coming down hard on Judah, oh, those wicked people in Judah. Okay, <laughs> no, this is, this is us putting our trust in man, trusting in our own heart, and now <laughs> trusting in riches. Verse 11, now this is interesting imagery. As a partridge that broods but does not hatch, so is he who gets riches but not by right. In other words, nothing wrong with riches, but this again speaks to ill-gotten gain. So you're putting your trust in riches that were not by right, ill-gotten. And he likens them to this partridge. It will leave him in the midst of his days, <laughs> and at his end he will be a fool. 
Proverbs 23, 5. You can write it down if you're taking notes. I don't want to say it's one of my favorite Proverbs. I actually don't like this proverb at all, because it basically says this. Don't wear yourself out to gain riches, because riches will grow wings and fly away like an eagle to the heavens. Does that sound like your paycheck every month? In other words, don't put your trust in riches because they're going to fly away, like the partridge who's sitting on those eggs. And when they hatch, the partridge realizes, wait a minute, they're not my eggs. I don't belong here. I'm out of here. And that's what happens to those who put their trust in riches. Ill-gotten gain. Oh my goodness, I, I have to say it. Um, a lot of uh, research has been done on it, but on the back of our uh, currency, cash, you know what they're trying to get rid of. <laughs> In God we trust. Some have suggested, uh, that's not talking about the same God of the Bible, and they provide arguably, in all fairness, some pretty compelling proof that that's not the God of the Bible in whom we put our trust. But am I trusting in my riches, or am I trusting in the Lord? That's the question before us tonight. This is what they were doing. They were trusting in man, they were trusting in their own heart, and they were trusting in riches. Verse 12. How are you doing so far? You okay? A glorious high throne from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. O Lord, the hope of Israel. All who forsake you shall be ashamed. Those who depart from me shall be written in the earth, because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. Here again, and this is what I love about this chapter, there's this contrast between those who trust in the Lord and those who turn away from the Lord. Cursed is the man who trusts in man, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. A parched desert, a flourishing tree. This is that contrast. Verse 14, now this is interesting because Jeremiah now is going to cry out to the Lord and pray and ask God for a healing. He says, heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for you are my praise. Now let's not get to verse 15 yet. A couple of thoughts here. Healing and or salvation. And no, we don't know what. Obviously the Holy Spirit did not deem it necessary to give us the details of what he was specifically asking for healing for. And I, I believe the reason is because it's not so much what he needed to be healed for, but that he would be healed. 
because he says, and I shall be healed. Save me and I shall be saved, for you are my praise. Did you catch that? I'm trusting in you to heal me. I'm trusting in you to save me. My, my, you are my praise, you are my hope, you are my trust. Indeed. Now watch, watch verse 15. They say to me, where is the word of the Lord? Let it come now. I mean, here you've been preaching this doom and gloom, and yet nothing happens. Where, where is all of this that you've been proclaiming, the, the word of the Lord? Thus says the Lord. Where is it? You've been telling us this. It's not happening. Boy, I, I feel his pain. But this is such a heartfelt prayer on Jeremiah's part, because he sets himself apart. Again, notice the contrast. Hey, they're not trusting in you. They're not praying to you for healing, salvation. You're not their praise. I am. In fact, they're on the opposite end of the table persecuting me, which we're going to see, Lord willing, do chapters 18 and 19, because they kind of go together. We're going to see another side to Jeremiah. We'll just get a little bit of a, a, a taste of it. Verse 16, as for me, I have not hurried away from being a shepherd who follows you, nor have I desired the woeful day. You know what came out of my lips. It was right there before you. Do not be a terror to me. You are my hope in the day of doom. Whoa, true to form, right? Jeremiah's heart is such that he does not wish for this woeful day of doom and destruction that he's been proclaiming to come upon them. He knows it's coming, even though they mock him. Where is the promise of his coming, First Peter? You've been pro proclaiming this and saying this, and yet everything goes on as it has before. Well, my hope is you. Notice he doesn't say, my hope is in you. No, he says, you are my hope in the day of doom. He knows it's coming. They don't think it's coming. They don't believe me, because apparently they're misinterpreting your patience in not willing or wanting for anyone to perish. So you're giving them all this time to repent. We're going to see it again here towards the end of the chapter. But he's giving us this glimpse into his heart that he doesn't want this to happen. He's not going to say to them who said to him, bring it. it, it it's not happening what you're telling us is going to happen. He's basically saying, I'm not going to tell them I told you so. See, I, I totally would. 
I totally would say, I told you so. When it, but not Jeremiah. Jeremiah's like, no, I, I'm not going to do that when it happens. You're my hope in the day of doom. Now, verse 18, you would think we got a totally different guy that's burst onto the scene and took the pen from Jeremiah's hand and started writing. Let them be ashamed who persecute me, verse 18. But do not let me be put to shame. Let them be dismayed, but do not let me be dismayed. Bring on them the day of doom, and, and destroy them with double destruction. What? Wait a minute, what happened? Can, can we go back? Because that's what it, it almost, I mean at first read, would you agree, it it almost seems like he's contradicting everything he just got done saying and praying. Lord, I don't, I don't want this. I don't wish this. My hope is you in the day of doom. And then, but bring, bring it on and destroy them. And it's not just destruction. Bring on them double destruction. Double down on them, God. Yeah, get them. What? Jeremiah, what happened? What is going on with you? Well, let me explain. I know it seems like it contradicts who Jeremiah is. However, upon closer examination, it reaffirms that he's trusting in God for just judgment. That's what he's saying here. Lord, you're my hope in the day of doom. I know it's coming. And I am putting my trust in you. You're my hope in the day of doom. I'm putting my trust in you to mete out just judgment. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And we usually stop there. We shouldn't. Because he goes on to say, and I will repay. That's what he's saying here. Lord, I'm trusting that you're going to take care of this. I'm trusting that you're going to justly judge this on that day. I'm trusting you. I'm putting my trust in you. Does that help? Verse 19, thus said the Lord to me, Go and stand in the gate of the children of the people, by which the kings of Judah come in, and by which they go out, and in all the gates of Jerusalem, and say to them, Hear the word of the Lord, you kings of Judah, and all Judah, and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, who enter by these gates. Does this sound familiar? That's because he's having Jeremiah do it again go to the gates where all the people were. Let me see if I can uh, give you a visual here. So all of the people were crowded, kind of bottlenecked. So like, here you are standing in line, and there's all these people waiting at the entrance to get in. You got a pretty captive audience. And then here comes this street preacher that puts up his uh, crate or whatever, and stands up there and starts preaching. What are you going to do? You're going to have to listen. 
You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to this study in the Word of God. As you continue to learn from the book of Jeremiah with Pastor J.D., don't discount the things you're hearing. God may be speaking to you individually today through Scripture. We encourage you to keep reading on your own, too, to further understand what you've heard in this edition. If you're not already part of a local church that you call home, we encourage you to find one and attend regularly. This only helps you grow in your relationship with God and others. If you don't have a church home, come be a part of ours. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions, to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can also access more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like the one you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates. In addition to that, you may be interested in the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This is a simple guide to understanding the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of Jeremiah together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know what those prayer requests might be? Just fill out the contact form under the About tab at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Or come find us on social media. There are links to our Twitter and Instagram pages on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for listening to this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Holy me true.